afternoon. Charles Moskowitz here. Thanks for my thanks for joining my live stream. I haven't been on in a while. Um, I was temporarily banned at YouTube, and I shall be back there assumedly in October downloading programs. But in the meantime, apparently, YouTube allows me to stream live, which gave me the idea of developing a live stream program that is now, if you're watching live right now, you're, you're seeing this either on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, and several other subscribers. And I'm developing a whole network of, of subscribers for the live stream program. My goal is to launch a, a live stream program starting in September. I'm doing this mainly as an experiment right now to prepare. And I'm going to give out a phone number so I can get live calls. The number, by the way, if you want to join me, is 617-396-4830-617-396-4830. And I can take calls, believe it or not, via Skype. So my goal is to create, I suppose, or recreate a good old-fashioned talk radio program. Um, and to do so daily, if I can, I'll try to be consistent with regard to the time. Uh, I can't guarantee that, but I'm going to try generally to do it around 12 noon. The program will continue to be downloaded onto Vimeo, where I will continue to have guests. And then eventually, uh, if uh, YouTube allows me back on, I'll download them again onto YouTube, although I will say, frankly that I, I would never trust YouTube again. Um, you know, they, they claim that I engaged in hate speech for discussing my own faith. I'm not going to even mention the name of it. And doing so with a fellow congregationalist, a fellow congregant, I should say. And we were discussing issues as related to my faith. Suffice it to say that I am a member of the people of the book. I don't even want to say the word because... YouTube, you know, might, it might send an algorithm and they may ban me. Um, that's a problem. I don't quite know how I'm going to cope with that. Um, you know, they, they don't give me a reason what I said. Uh, they don't give me a, a, a quote in terms of what I said. So I really am kind of groping along here and I don't exactly know what it is. So, yeah, it's kind of in this day and age of censorship and of, of a move toward a more authoritarian takeover of the Internet by the far left, you know, you, you have to be careful. And um, I don't know what the future is going to be, but um, I intend to continue to forge forward and to continue to do what I love to do and to find various and multiple venues to, uh, to do it. So, you know, there, there are a lot of different ways to uh, get this program, both archived and live. Uh, Podomatic is my is my platform. It's actually a subscription. I pay for it. It's not super expensive, but I pay for it. And so I feel a little bit more assured that I can't be censored there because, you know, I'm, I'm buying the time. You know, it's like a paid radio show. And uh, I know and realize that I maintain general community standards. So I think that they, it would be more difficult for them to ban me, although that's not to say they won't. Um, Anyway, tomorrow, 
I'm going to have Ron Blake on, um, and that will be downloaded into Vimeo and Podomatic, which goes to iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Pod, uh, Spotify, and a bunch of other people. Tune in. And um, Ron Blake is doing a, a, a national media campaign as a survivor of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, his story, as he told it on TED Talks, is that he was raped in 2011 by three men and that he suffered suicidal thoughts after that and he, he was you know, profoundly depressed and for good reason. Um, and then eventually he sort of, to, sort of began to heal and, and come out of his shell when he watched Stephen Colbert and he thought it was funny which I don't understand why, but that's what he found. And that laughter and sort of reaching out to people would help him heal. So he's doing this national tour. He'll have more of an opportunity to talk about that tomorrow. But what caught my attention with Ron Blake and what, uh, what was sent to me by his press agent is that he claims that President Trump Allegedly, because of his racism and all of that, is triggering a national epidemic of PTSD. People who have PTSD are triggered by Donald Trump. Um, and I don't know exactly what his agenda is, and I'm not going to speculate directly on that. I'm willing to accept that he's a well-meaning fellow who's simply trying to who believes this and who wants to heal himself. But because he is entering the public arena and criticizing the president of the United States, who's also a candidate for re-election, and because he is trying to get on media, I think it's fair game for me to comment and speculate. And my speculation is putting aside his genuine problems, which I have nothing but empathy for and sympathy for, I think he's trying to get into the big media by becoming a Trump hater during the election season. And he's hoping to get up on big national media. And he knows how the media works in that by declaring himself a, 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 an effective Trump hater with a cause. I mean, he's a victim of a, of a brutal attack and he can point to that he's blaming Trump indirectly, that this is a big ticket to get onto big, big media and maybe sell a book or do whatever it is he's doing. Now, I know I'm being cynical here, but I've seen how it works. People, you know, this is perfect. What a scenario. He's coming out. He's been attacked. He's been violently violated. And now he's attacking the president and blaming the president, which is exactly what he's doing. Um, you know, it kind of runs perfectly into a, a nice bookend to the uh, Trump as racist agenda. You know, now it's now by being racist, he's triggering someone who has emotional problems and is responsible indirectly for exacerbating those problems if not for the problems themselves. Now, whether or not 
this is a part of an agenda or whether or not he actually believes this stuff, I feel that I want to comment on the substance of these charges. The problem of people being triggered because they have post-traumatic stress disorder, that's real. That's something that's not a joke. I mean, that is a genuine emotional problem. I know this. I know people who have experienced that. Which is why it is necessary to clearly define the source of the triggering. And it is not Donald Trump. It is the media, the left-wing media, that is twisting everything that President Trump does or says and is using racial hatred and raising these issues as a way to denounce Trump and try to destroy him for reasons that have nothing to do with that. They don't like Trump because they don't like his political agenda. They don't like his public policy. They want to stop Trump from conducting the sort of policies he is conducting. We could get into that as a separate matter. You know, certain slogans, I think, capture that policy and that rub these people the wrong way. Maybe the most effective one is America first. They don't want to put America first. They want to put the globe first and, you know, ending national borders and all these old prejudices. President Trump stands for putting America first. That's what they're trying to stop. That's what they don't want people to become aware of. Self-interest, putting themselves first. And in that capacity, putting America first, which is a natural extension of that. And that's a natural condition to be in for any human being. But it's not the agenda of the left. And it's not their agenda. So how are they going to attack Trump? The last thing they want to do is debate him on these issues because they know they'll lose. You know, and, and they might wake up more people. So they're attacking him by calling him names, by smearing him with names like racist, sexist, homophobe, xenophobe is a big one now. They've made that one up. Islamophobe, et cetera, et cetera. And these things are lies. They are absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to point that out tomorrow to Ron Blake in as kind a way as I can, that it's a misdirection. The enemy is not President Trump. The enemy is the media that is promulgating these lies and that doesn't care about people with PTSD. They are using them. They, use, they want them to be exacerbated. They want them to be in pain because the more pain they can cause, the more effective they can be in this agenda to destroy President Trump and his movement and everything he stands for. They're being exploited, to use an old communist term. Now, Donald Trump can at times be rude. He can be cruel. There's no question about that. And one of the differences between President Trump and previous presidents and public figures, and in this way, President Trump has really broken the mold. I mean, there's no going back now. You know, he's the bull in the China shop who completely destroyed the China. Now it's time to rebuild. Because President Trump does this himself, whereas in the past, the more genteel politicians would have surrogates do the dirty work while they stood around with their phony British accents and spoke out of, you know, yes, darling. I mean, they would just put on these airs. 
while the knives were out 10 times more and the viciousness and the attacks were 10 times more brutal, right? And more racist and all of that. But they wouldn't get their hands dirty. President Trump goes in and does it himself. When someone attacks President Trump, he attacks them back. When President Trump sees someone being un-American, he calls them out. And he does it in blunt terms. He doesn't use the phony sounding, you know, British accent with all of the sophistic terms and the double talk. He says it plain, and that's threatening to them. So, they, you know, you know, they want to stop that by cutting and splicing everything he says and holding it up and saying, aha, he criticized this person, and this person happens to be black or, or Hispanic or gay, and so that means he doesn't like blacks or Hispanics or gays. It's a lie. It is completely false because President Trump is an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> He'll attack anyone, male, female, gay, straight, uh, black, white, whatever, because of who they are. And maybe he may be wrong to do it at times. And maybe he may misspeak at times. But he's not, he's not racist. I mean, that's not the agenda. Anyone who's looked at President Trump's career knows this. I mean, you, the book, The Art of the Deal, is a good place to start. I read it. Uh, most people haven't. But um, he doesn't have any whatsoever background that would indicate that he has anything against any group of people. It just doesn't. It's false. He may not like a person, but it's either personal or it's because he doesn't like what they stand for. And he doesn't care about their racial background, whether it's a male or female. In fact, if anything, he's much less racist, much less sexist, much less homophobic than, than the average liberal because he doesn't treat people like they're children. He doesn't coddle people. Oh, you know, so-and-so is black, so we can't comment on them. He doesn't buy that. That was part of the cudgel used during the Obama years. If you criticize Barack Obama's policies or his philosophy, oh, it's because he was black and therefore you don't want to be called racist. You know, so people would cower and they would back away. President Trump doesn't buy that. He doesn't do that. He doesn't play that game. That's tyranny. He calls people out at when he wants to and how he wants to. Now, I'm going to uh, conclude this test today, but simply... Mentioning one more example, the latest outrage, the latest shocker, which is that uh, President Trump said that um, Jews who vote for the Democratic Party are disloyal. Okay, maybe an indelicate thing to say. Um, but the fact is that he didn't mean it in the same way that the Democrats do mean it people like Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and, and Ayanna Presley, my own congresswoman here in Boston, and others who have made comments about Jews having dual loyalty and Jewish politicians having dual loyalty, loyalty to Israel over that of the United States, then they mean it. President Trump did not mean it that way. President Trump was accurately pointing out that Jews who support the Democratic Party are disloyal to the state of Israel. That doesn't mean that they put Israel first. We don't put Israel first. Jews put America first. So 
This is a vicious, anti-Semitic, Jew-hating smear that is becoming more and more common in the Democratic Party, and it's hurting them. It's pushing them further and further into the left, the arms of the far left, and its Jew-hating nature. And President Trump is calling that out. But somehow, they're going to turn this around and claim that he might have said something anti-Semitic. The New York Times is doing a big piece on this. I mean, they could. isn't there anything more important that the New York Times might cover? Like, for example, that Obama's Justice Department and FBI uh, rogue elements within that were spying and hacking the computers of, the, of the, one of the FISA judges and apparently uh, Justice uh, John Roberts and, and uh, you know, developing phony means to uh, spy on people in the Trump campaign. Don't you think that's a bit more of an important story to cover? They're not going to cover that. No, they're going to parse and find a little something that Trump has said to prove this absolute lie that he has got something against some group, whether it be Jews or blacks or whomever. Now that the Russia flat thing has fallen flat on its backside, this is the new agenda that President Trump doesn't like groups of people. It's an old playbook. I, I think people are seeing through it. Apparently his poll numbers are up among the black community, among millennials, among Hispanics. People are not buying it other than the old, hardcore, regressive left. And that's not a lot of people in this country. Certainly not enough people to elect anybody. So I hope he stays the course on that. I want to thank you for watching. Uh, this is Charles Moskowitz. I am launching a live stream program, in a way, a good old-fashioned talk program in September. Stay tuned for that. Right now, the program is streaming live, apparently on YouTube, but also on, uh, on Podomatic, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, US, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And, uh, and I'm basically continuing with my interview series and uh, downloading those into Vimeo. So if you want to see them, if you want to see my interview tomorrow with uh, Ron Blake, That'll be on Vimeo. Just look it up, Charles Moskowitz, Vimeo, and you'll see that. And hopefully when uh, YouTube lifts the uh, censorship ban on me, which is supposed to happen in the second week of October, at that time I will then resume downloading these programs onto YouTube, although I, I do so with a great deal of trepidation because there's some, you know, the, the censors may find something and they might totally end the program. There's nothing I can do about that. You know, I, I feel that I do my best and I try to maintain community standards. So that's where the whole thing stands. It's great to be doing the live stream and thanks for watching everybody.